Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York, still not improvising live in front of people because of the coronavirus and going into a sweaty, unventilated basement in midtown Manhattan is probably not anywhere within the CDC guidelines. Dr. Fauci didn't consider making up haha for your friends and strangers for free. And I don't blame him, he's got bigger problems. I'm joined today by the Baroness of the Beeps, the Boops, the Buttons, and the Bobs, Miss Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? I'm good, how are you? I am cold and I hate it. Climate <laughs> change is real. I, very I, real. I, I, I feel like I'm about to hulk out at any moment and smash everything in the hopes that it might make me warmer. I, I completely understand that. My sinuses are something fierce today and um, it's, it's not great. And I just, the fact that it's a the last weekend of May when we're recording and I had to wear a jacket yesterday. I, I don't like these mild inconveniences by the steady climate change that's happening. It'll soon be major inconveniences. Right? Major, major. It's like, why, why is there lava in the living room? Anyway. Uh, regarding your sinuses, get some hot sauce, burn that shit out. That's a good, I should have taken a little bit more of that, the hot sauce from yesterday because I feel like that would have cleared my sinuses completely um yes yeah. to, to bring our listeners and our guests up to speed uh i got the hot ones game truth or dab which comes with a tiny bottle of the last dab the hottest sauce that they were previously oh, using man. on their show and uh it's fun and you know like if you refuse to answer a question or you get one of the trivia things wrong you have to take a little bit of that hot sauce and and chelsea handled it like a champion yeah, twice. 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 The second so, time, though, I was a little like, okay. <laughs> it, it builds on you, but that's okay. Because if you like that, I have more, and I can actually uh, use my hot sauce alchemy to mix it with some other things. Right. You know, keeping it vegetarian, of, of course, because you're not vegan, so I, I'm sure like a little bit of butter won't hurt you. But, you a little know, bit we, of butter has never hurt me in my life. We, 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 can, <laughs> we can bust out the cauldron. And make you something like delicious. Mucinex without the meth. That's great. <laughs> it just uh-huh. clears everything. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the voice of our guest. She's a writer, an actress, an improviser. She's been a core cast member of Spooky Doings and Final Girl for a long time. But we haven't spoken to each other outside of texting in a long time. Jennifer Anderson is joining us on the show. Hello, Jennifer. Hello. Hello. My pleasure to be here. Uh, I missed you and your delightfulness. I know. I missed you too. I missed both of you. How, how have you been holding up in the we've time been, of Rona? You know, we've been all right. We've been okay. Um, thankfully, uh, lots of inside time. Um, it's like one of those things where, you know, I used to bitch about never being home. <laughs> and oh, no. it seems like a karmic gift or, or lack thereof of just being like, this was the thing that I used to bitch about all the time was like, I would work so much. I'd work out, you know, in Brooklyn so much and have to commute back. And I was only home, like maybe a couple hours a week and whatever. And now that it's just very drastically different. Um, but you know what? Not bad. Cause I've had some time to recharge the batteries, do a few little things around the house that I had never, you know, had time to do before and spend time with Tom. So it's all good. Yes, your yeah. your your husband and, and friend of ours, Tom Brazil, yeah. has been on the show a yeah. couple of times. Uh, always a funny man. <laughs> Only gotten funnier since I've had to be around him twenty four seven. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, it's a laughing riot every day <laughs> that doesn't end in tears and a hole punched in the wall. Never. Our structural, the structural integrity of our house is still on point. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I think there's a new shark movie coming out soon, so we'll we'll get him to watch it, and then uh, maybe 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 you'll come on the show with him to talk yeah, about so. what he saw, and like he'll watch the movie. I'd like you to watch him. I was just going to say that might be a great opportunity for like self filming of just like popping my camera up somewhere, popping my phone up Mm -hmm. and just hitting record and letting whatever happened happen. I mean, I can predict how it would go. There'd just be a Mm -hmm. lot of 
nah. He would just say that over and over again. Nah, nah. <laughs> like he would just try to like fast forward through things and that would that would be a lot of what that video would be. Yeah, no, no fast forwarding, but no, it does remind <laughs> me when that when that third X-Men film came out, a uh, beautiful lady went to see it in the theater because it didn't look good. I didn't want to go. And Wait, then, do you mean the Brian Singer ones or yeah, the last stand? Okay. Yeah. The official, like the the third in existence. Uh, but when it was on home video, she wanted me to watch it because she wanted to watch me watch it. And she wanted to watch the vein in my forehead throb. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and she was right. And that happened. That's funny. But we're not here to talk about <laughs> X-Men today. We're here to talk about the A24 film, Saint Maud, which is one of the movies I was most excited uh, to see before the lockdown because it was one of the next movies to come out uh, along with Promising Young Woman. I'm like, I'm seeing previews. I want to see this movie. And then the world paused. But luckily, it's on uh, Hulu and Prime for those that want to watch it in the comfort of their own home. Uh, if you're freezing your ass off like us at the end of May, you can watch it under many blankets and, and watch this feel-good film as A24 deals with the thinky spooky. Um, we, we, it's, a, it's about a, a, a nurse named Maud who's helping a patient. Stupid. Uh, yeah, who, who has terminal cancer. But one of the things that I liked about it is there were a lot of Easter eggs to be Arthur who played Maud in the All in the Family spinoff sitcom of that name, which was ahead of its time dealing with feminist things. Did any of you ladies catch those Easter eggs to be Arthur? I did, yeah. I noticed that the, the, like the theme song, as it were, for mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. um for the movie was just the theme song of mod in a minor key and slowed ah. down um that was one of the main ones and i caught that one pretty good. i'm not really great at catching easter eggs um but that one i caught because i like started to sing along and then there was mod like you know just that lower mm -hmm. key um rest in peace be arthur yeah, I um I didn't catch them as much because I was just distracted throughout the entire movie with how stupid of a name Maud is. I just don't right. like that name. And I don't like that it was never explained that honestly, a lot of trauma is because you named your kid Maud. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How else are you gonna go through life without trauma if right. your name is Maud? Because there's not even yeah. a nickname for Maud. Ma? No, no right. Ma, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's starting life on the back foot, shit out of luck, and jolly well fucked. Yeah, that's just right. asking for your kid to be like cursed and projectile vomiting everywhere and being right. possessed. That's what's going to happen when it's like, here's my kid, Maud. Right. Please it's possess just, her. It's that age-old story. I mean, it's kind of like the trope we've seen over and over and over again. It's like, you have this kid, it's a beautiful kid, and then you name it some horrible, tragic name like Maud, and then the movie can be over because we already know what's going to happen. She's going to get possessed by demons. She's going to projectile vomit everywhere. She's going to try to kill all of her wards. You know, like, it's just, it's like, okay, the, I get it. Like, yes, it works on film, but how many more films are going to be made like this where we just continue to see the same story? It is rather lazy i mean the right. naming is just super lazy i mean when you read like the reclusive nurse mod i'm like gee would she be anything else like my god i mean either that pain. right either that or a like very powerful feminist icon of the 1970s like th those are your only two options sure. so and we've like we're not in the 70s anymore so you only have one option after that that was very true. Stupid name. Stupid name. And it just bothered me the entire movie. Every time her name was said, I was like, God, even the fact the movie is called St. Maud. It's like, just right. kill me. Would Interestingly, go ahead, Rick. Would you have preferred if they called her Saint? Yeah, I mean, that would have been badass and you're still asking to be possessed, but at least it's like in a badass way, like here's Saint or, you know, like you could, you could go with Stephanie you could go with, my God, there's so many names that we could have used instead of Maud. I just don't understand how Maud is even a name. No offense to anybody named Maud or if they have like relatives named Maud who I'm sure are probably long dead because that's a name from like 1692. Mm -hmm. um, 
It's one of those names that's fallen by the wayside, like Ethel. Yeah, like that was my Ethel. grandmother's name. <laughs> right. Ethel was my grandmother's name. That's yeah. a perfect grandmother's name. But mm -hmm. you know, I've always liked uh, my theory, which this this film kind of touched on, is that one day there will be nursing homes full of grandmas with tramp stamps. Yeah, that's going to be hilarious. Name Khaleesi. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Is Khaleesi a better name than Maud? Man, Saint Khaleesi would have been kind of iconic. They sounds are, like yeah. a badass. Yeah, yeah, like I would believe her killing people, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. It would make sense yeah. why dragons were there because then you have like the, you know, it's just. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fire would make a lot more sense. Yeah, like the fire I, in this version didn't, so. When you have Saint Maud and you involve, it's eerie, there's ghosts, there's religion, and that's always, you know, a a thing so, um, see, the dragons made a little bit of sense yeah. to me because you know i didn't know wales had a bootleg coney island so their carnival at atmosphere it would make sense to have dragons i just don't know why they were seals or sea lions i don't i admit i don't know the difference but the the fun. costumes that they put on these animals like that's that's like that's that's some pretty good dragon for whales i think it was budget yeah. Because, I mean, even the place being called Bootleg Coney Island, you could mm -hmm. tell that it just, they didn't have a lot of money there. It was, all, mm -hmm. it was on all of the signs outside the play, like Bootleg Coney Island, Bootleg Cyclone, Bootleg Nathans. You know, so at least they were leaning into the bootleg nature of right. Bootleg Coney Island of Wales. The scene, the Bootleg Mermaid Parade scene was really uh, very shocking um that that was just visually mm -hmm. um and like I know we're on a budget like I get the director's first time director whatever but like I have to give her a lot of credit for that scene um because I didn't think that like cardboard mermaid tails would really like stand out in in cinema but they did and a lot of it could have been because I did watch it at home but that scene particularly was very shocking I enjoyed it. Yeah. Can't really get cardboard mermaid tails wet. That, that, that no, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Didn't think that one through. I mean, it's like mermaid tails. Obviously, we need cardboard. It's like you quite literally could have used yeah. material. Um, yeah. What do you think a bootleg Nathan's hot dog tastes like? What do you think it is? Um, not really familiar with Welsh cuisine but i'm gonna guess uh probably potato and turkey mm. together somehow mm. tom and i um got a bangers and mash type of thing we got bang what are the sausages i think bangers? those are the baggers are those bangers. bangers i have to imagine that's what a welsh nathan's hot dog probably tastes like is like a banger um there was something in it um I don't remember, like Rusk, I think that's what it was called. I thought but you were going to say Rust for a second. Know, like, we had a rusty hot dog. We had a rusty hot dog. Which, which sounds, like a, sounds like code for a very filthy sex act. I, that too. Yeah, right. that too. Um, I didn't finish it. Uh, the Rusk was not appealing, an appealing combination for me. Um, so I have to imagine that that's probably what it is. Or like a veggie hot dog. Like, yeah. That probably would be what it tastes like. A bootleg hot dog. Bootleg that that hot kind dog. of is, a, a veggie hot dog is a bootleg hot dog. For some reason, I was picturing it being like a hot dog filled with remnants of like uh, bootlegged DVDs. Mm, mm, like, that, that those are too. nutritious. Those it's are gonna, nutritious. Like it's gonna hurt. It's like, you know, it's, um, it's how to lose a guy in 10 days, but like. <laughs> Exactly. No, the, exactly. Those, those, those can be very delicious. Uh, when I've seen the people selling them out on Jamaica Avenue, I had a very delicious uh, uh, bootleg hot dog. It was made of DVDs of uh, Anger Man Management starring Adam Sandler. Um, I would not watch his movies, but a, a hot dog made out of his DVDs. Magnificent. Delicious. Yeah, delicious. I can imagine that. 
So Rick, uh, given, yes. given your uh, background with religion and your journey away from religion, mm -hmm. did anything resonate for you here with, with our it, girl, Maude? It, it, it did actually, because um, as she's taking care of her patient, who um, you know has clearly lived a life, but is at the end of it, but not. She's either not quite willing to let it go, or she's like, "Hey, my my time is running out. I got to get my kicks before the whole shit house goes up in flames." To quote Jim Morrison. Um, so when Maud and her patient, whose name escapes me right now, and I apologize for that, uh, engage in that scene where they scissor each other for Jesus, I'm like, "Should I go back to church? Is, is that is that what they're doing now?" what happens on Easter Sundays. Oh, okay. Well, see, see, growing up, they never did that. There was yeah. not, you know, a whole lot of lady on lady action. But seeing mm -hmm. this now, I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, I could, I, I, I leaned closer to my TV for a better look uh, in order to, to gaze upon divinity. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I kind of have the opposite experience. Like I came into religion, um, to marry my husband who is Catholic who wanted a full mass um, because he Don't doesn't watch. really hate he doesn't really like our friends um, so that's why he wanted to do that um, so it's interesting because this like shot shot by shot was very similar to um, uh, an introductory video that we watch when we <laughs> join the church so it was it was almost like kind of comforting to see it again because I was like oh okay, I know all of these things. Like, I know, you know, in the movie, uh, a cockroach spoke to Maude in the form of God. For me, it was a spider. So that there was little discrepancies, things like that. Um, but it was just like, oh, okay, it, it made my faith a lot stronger. Cause I was like, oh, cool. This is, this, this actually happens. Awesome. Like some things don't change, you yeah. know? Some things were don't change, the, yeah. Were the introductory videos kind of like your first day at a fast food job and they have you watch like, yeah flip the burgers and stuff right like regulations like it's a lot of like I remember when I started to work for Disney they had like a like a celebrations video and it's just like kind of a rundown of like this is how we do things here so it was kind of like that like just kind of watching watching this like introductory video of like this is how we do things here um yeah it was Walt's head is they didn't tell us they didn't tell us but I have my suspicions I think it's in Space Mountain just based on what people told me. It is really dark um, in there. Yeah. Easy spot for it to hide and cold. So like, you know, the cryogenic spill is probably a lot less. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's my guess on it, but don't take my word for it. But yeah. But it, like I said, it was comforting to see these like shot by shot things of like, this was my experience. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. It was really cool. <laughs> and then as we progress through the film and, and, and we recover from, from scissoring to Jesus, uh, Maud encounters an old friend uh, from her previous nursing gig who's, who's theoretically concerned. So uh, Maud uh, ends up getting booked on the Dr. Phil show in order to get some help with things. And, uh, and for the first time, we, we actually uh, got the right to have a clip from the movie, Chelsea's going to boot that up now. Of Doctor Phil talking to Maud and 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 giving some some advice to her. Uh, Chelsea, if you can roll that clip, please. Listen, Maud, you are just a dumb whore, and you need to get it together and realize you're affecting a lot of people around you. I'm going to read a quote from your mom who says, Maud, open the door or I'm gonna throw rocks at your window, you dumb whore. Why did your mother say that? And then Maud just didn't answer. I thought that was weird. Yeah, I, I, I really love that scene. I felt it was poignant. Yeah. It was tying in to uh, the current zeitgeist uh, in a way that he 24 usually doesn't do they usually do the very thinky horror uh this time i get i think they're trying to to widen their audience um mm -hmm. but probably because they didn't know minari was going to get the statues mm -hmm. so you know like they, they were putting a couple more eggs in this basket but you know they're they're doing all right 
Yeah, I feel like it was almost a meta choice. It's like bringing in this doctor that not a lot of people respect and who's just weird. And is he even a doctor? I think he's like- I don't think so. I think he's one of those people that he, his doctorate is in something really uh, unrelevant, not to diss anyone who has that doctorate, but I think it was something that it doesn't even have to do with like therapy. Um, but to bring him in and like to bring up her mommy issues, I thought was just really strange because she doesn't know how to engage with him and he just keeps calling her a whore. And I thought the whole thing was she's a virgin. Her name's Maud. You're telling me that girl's a whore? I mean, maybe, I don't want to judge. Well, but... well do you count uh, a scissoring as losing your virginity? Mm, depends. Okay. It was pretty intense scissoring. Very intense. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the yeah. scissoring, if, if this, yeah, that could count, I think. I'm, I'm, my limited knowledge in what I've seen, it did look pretty intense. Yeah. I've read interpretations of um, that scene specifically where they say um, that Dr. Phil is kind of like a stand in for Christ. Um, I could see that. And, I can see that. Yeah. And then like bringing up like the whole mother thing and like that, like he's referring to like Mary and all that other kind of stuff, which is it would, which would make sense with the, you know, the whole religious thing of the so with movie. The constantly but, calling her a whore. Do you think that's an allusion to Mary Magdalene? That's what I read. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I kind of read up on about it. Um, which brings in some interesting tropes and, and um, some uh, interesting metaphors and things like that to the scene. Um, I just, I didn't understand like the intense close up on his nose the entire time on Dr. Phil's nose. Yeah. Um, the where the flaring just, of the nostrils was very intense. It was strange. Um, I don't know if it was supposed to symbolize like fire or what, but like, you know, just the constant flaring and like the close up on his nose. And then whenever they would like cut back to Maude, she would just be standing looking behind her, not even behind to the wall, like not even making eye contact with him. So I, I know that there has to be some sort of, you know, um, reason behind that. I have to read up a little bit more on it, on it, but it just, I, I it interpret me it as not everyone can, can can look directly at divinity that's a good point yeah you're right you know, yeah like like within the scissoring i'm all in but maybe maud is not prepared and and her finite human mind may just explode yeah when gazing upon the infinite right Does that's a mean, fair assessment perhaps i'm higher evolved or just 12 years of catholic school changed me on a molecular level right yeah very true i'm new to all this so i didn't have the, the trauma built up you know from 12 years you're um, lucky yeah i do i consider myself very lucky you guys mentioned uh that she wasn't looking directly at dr phil which i which i noticed and i thought that was weird because there were a lot of scenes where she would be talking to someone and she's never standing or looking directly at him and I was just thinking, are you just blind, but everyone thinks you're crazy? Like, is that just the issue? Because I mean, it's a little wacky and maybe that does make the person look like they're possessed, but I think she genuinely just had a vision issue. Well, we never see her drive. So there, you, you could have a point there. I mean, if you think about the lyrics to Amazing Grace, like once was blind, blind. but now I, see. now I see. So like, I, I think that's maybe just another reference back to you know we all as like lambs of god are blind i think that that's how i interpret it creative choice um, for sure that makes creative sense. choice yeah and you know again first time director so she's trying to like pour out all the symbolism you know immediately in her first film which a lot of people do which i get which i get so. i have to say the scene that struck me the most too um outside of like the scissoring and the mermaid parade with the cardboard tails and all of that is um, when she was speaking directly to God um, in, in Welsh, um, but God was in the, not in the form of a cockroach as he had been previously, but he was in the form of a, um, a Prince poster on her wall. 
that was another interesting choice like prince like king of kings mm. um you know i i enjoyed that scene as well yeah i think mod even having a prince poster was alarming i just thought right. oh okay i mean i think you're boring and you suck because i already decided i hate you and your name but mm -hmm. all right this adds some flavor yeah interesting i could see there being a lot of conflict in her in herself about you know religion and the lord and feeling kind of assured in a way that you can be a prince fan because prince is actually god like he came to her that way and it was a way for her to really resolve any issue she has for listening to um dangerous popular music right. as a lot of uh very devout christians do right as a lifelong prince fan i love this connection because he always had like one foot in the spiritual and the other foot in the corporeal uh, sometimes even in the same song like anastasia off love sexy where the you know you start the song with have you ever wanted to play with someone so much you'd take anyone boy or girl and you end the song with god love is god god is love girls and boys love god above so it, it i think it really helped set this movie towards its fantastic conclusion that it's like hey if God is love and love is all there is, then there can be no opposite. So um, you know, let, let's let's let, let's put on some pants with no butts on it, and just get down God, at yeah. the bootleg Coney Island, bootleg Coney Island, where they have the bootleg disco that's playing the bootleg version of Amazing Grace, which mm -hmm. is like a really weird ska version of that song. But when you have like, you know, 53 teenagers blowing into horns on a stage, just, it may not be the best musically speaking, but the, 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 the feeling is infectious. The power is there, the meaning yeah. of Amazing Grace. I think Amazing Grace, it was originally intended to be ska. It, I think so. Yeah. 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 You know, the evangelicals got a hold of it and made it somber and slow, but um, as it was originally written, it's, a, it's supposed to be it's supposed to have a heavy beat to it yeah because it's a it's a, a lot of horns it's a power ballad it's a pre-game yeah. like jersey shore type of fist pump while mm -hmm. you're getting ready to go mm -hmm. out with your friends or you know do whatever the you original do. the original lyrics were um amazing grace get crazy get loud well not a lot of people know that but That's i learned amazing. that in my yeah i learned that as Damn. part of my catholic education yeah I'm so upset that like I want that version so badly because I honestly I feel like I I would I would be so religious if I had something like that I would be so into it but we, we, we actually did that. that version in fifth grade choir wow. uh, we didn't have as many horns uh involved you know because you know we're we're 10 we're 10 not everybody was a virtuoso in, right. in brass instruments but we, you know, we did our best we did our best yeah um, i bet that was pretty powerful though you know i bet that was a pretty powerful experience for you as a 10 year old to be singing mm -hmm. amazing grace in its original form yeah um that would yeah i that makes me wonder why you left yeah what really. made you turn yeah. away from god after you had such a performance um um the seed of my doubt and i think i may have mentioned this on the podcast uh, previously. And if not, we're just going to do it now. Um, I, I got in trouble and sent to the principal's office because I asked where Kane's wife came from. Because right. we were taught religion very literally. Uh, and, you know, so we're taught like Adam and Eve, po global population of two. Mm -hmm. They have Cain and Abel, global population of four. Cain kills Abel, basic math we've learned. Now we're down to three. Uh, Cain asks for forgiveness from God, goes to another village and gets married, and my hand goes up. And I asked the teacher where Cain's wife came from, and her first answer was shut up. And I responded, I'm like, uh, you know, since my previous report cards have said Rick isn't participating enough in class, You're just I said, trying to participate. I, I'm participating. She said, yeah. Do you want to go to the principal's office? And I said, Well, if the principal knows the answer, I'll yes. 
so that's where I went. And the principal was very familiar with me and asked, Rick, why are you in my office? And I said, I asked where Kane's wife came from. And she told me to sit down and I sat for 40 minutes and then she sent me back to class. Nothing happened, but the seed of doubt was planted there. Now, if I had been presented with more scissoring, more ska music, um, not, maybe not as much Dr. Phil, but also the conclusion yeah. of this film where Maud and her patient ride the bootleg cyclone at the bootleg Coney Island directly up into heaven, then maybe I would have had a different feeling about things. Yeah, it's interesting. Again, coming into Catholicism later in life, um, when I when we were told this story, um, I asked the same question. Um, I was like, "Well, where where is where is Cain's wife?" And do you know what the answer they gave to me was? Was it shut up? No, the answer was, oh, his wife was named Maud. <gasps> you know what I mean? Yeah. Connections. Connections. Yeah. Connections. Yeah. And that night it, is when the spider talked to me. It, I mean, it doesn't really answer the question, where did the wife where? come from? Right. Yeah. But at least but, we have a name. Yeah. 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 At least we have a name. That's amazing. It's powerful. The connections that we see in life that are so spiritual and, and, and charged and yeah, I mean, and it can happen to the most boring of people who are named Maud. Mm -hmm. It's what, well, you know, and that's, that's part of the movie too, for me was the, the connection between people, because I, I thought it was really profound that after the intense scissoring, um, Amanda was the charge's name, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, Amanda went from being like, you know, kind of a, not, I wouldn't say an atheist, but like an, a, a, you know, just kind of like, what's the word I'm lucky at? Agonist? A, um, she was a little bit agnostic. Agnostic, thank right. you, agnostic. Agnes. A, Agnes, that's another that, shitty name. That's, a, um, that's another name that's gone. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I interpret her, uh, Amanda, as having a little bit more mysticism to her. Right, so, uh, yeah, like a I mean, Kabbalah, it's, it's, if you will. It's, it's a shame that I forgot her name because, you know, while watching it, uh, about almost a month ago, I was referring to her as Mystic Mandy uh, after finishing the movie, and, mm -hmm. and, and that, uh, that made her special to me. Yeah, yeah. I liked, I liked her journey. Um, and I liked that, like when when she did eventually die, you saw her come back immediately to life and walk around as if nothing was wrong, mm -hmm. um, which added like a zombie element, which I enjoy in my religious movies. Um, uh, zombies are prevalent throughout Christianity. Well, I mean, yeah, Jesus was yeah. the ultimate one. Jesus you know? was the ultimate zombie. Yeah, um, Lazarus too. Right. Yeah. Um, so I liked that kind of like allegory of everything. Um, and I liked that she came back um, uh, and just was not dramatic about it. Um, and she was like, yeah, I feel pretty good. And then left. I, I thought that that was a nice cap. It, I like that she punctuated you know? it with three jumping jacks for the Holy Trinity. You know, Father, mm -hmm, Son, Holy mm -hmm. Ghost. And then, boom, she's out. And it was a happy ending for all. And Oh my God! Bootleg. Uh, for those that don't read the description of the episode before listening to it, yes, this was another improvised review, and very, very little of that happened in the film. I don't know, Je Jennifer. How correct were we as the one who has seen it? <laughs> well, Doctor Phil scene was pretty spot on. <laughs> no. Thank you. Thank um, you. I'm trying to remember what 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 we said actually now there, um, there was the, a bootleg she did coney talk island. to a god and a cockroach yeah there was a bootleg coney island which i was kind of which actually did confuse me at first i was like where are we i was like this doesn't look like new york but there's coney island so i i had to go and google that real quick because i was a little unsure of where we were um that so the coney island stuff was was accurate and then um she did she did talk to god through a cockroach um but there's interesting, so we're talking for real now. We can yeah. actually talk about yes, the action. Yeah. Yes. Um, you I, and I have seen I, in the movie Chelsea. Oh, Rick, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I read in my, in my research of the movie that that is actually the actress's voice 
um, scaled down, slowed down and pitched down when she's talking, when God is speaking to her in Welsh and that the um, director heard, heard the actress talking to her family in Welsh. She was like, oh, we got to have this in the movie. And so she's, she's talking to God, but it's actually herself, which I think is, is interesting when you think of the movie as a whole um, and, and, and an investigation of PTSD and mental illness and, you know, that, that kind of decline in her mental health. Um, so I thought that that was an interesting choice for that, if we're being real. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we are. Like, I, again, it was something I was excited to see last year before Rona mm -hmm. ramped up because um, while I am a, a very bitter atheist now, I do like religious themed stories, particularly religious themed horror stories because they don't even have to be supernatural to be scary and disturbing there's some uh mm -hmm. self-flagellation and, and mutilate and abuse in this movie that that was in the previews that i'm like i don't understand why people throughout history thought that brought them closer to god uh people are just fucked up in a way but it is it is fun to kind of explore that and witness it because it it, it it's i guess the realism of it like you know like big monster okay that that's hollywood stuff but some people used mm -hmm. to do shit like and and throughout the pain like the, i i guess the trans and like jesus suffered so you have to suffer to know joy or witness suffering which is like yeah that's kind of fucked up in my mind yeah, yeah. I, I, I really liked this movie um, in a lot of different respects. So whenever like the ending really struck me and I had to like, re I rewound it a couple of times just because it's so jarring and it happens within one, less than a second. I think that, I think, I think that ending is less than a second long and then it cuts to the credits. You're and talking about so the when very that, last shot, right? The very last shot, the yeah, very, which, very which last shot. We won't spoil. We won't spoil, Chelsea. but uh, right. Um, I was, it was so like, uh, like that. And then I got very like, this is my thing whenever I see it. It's like, I got very obsessive. So I started to like read all the interviews with the directors and read commentary and read like film school rejects and all this other kind of stuff about the movie. Um, and now I'm on a tangent. I forgot what point I was going to make. Oh, yes. Uh, did you hear to about the self Yes. Go ahead. Did you hear about the movie before I suggested we do this episode? No, okay. I had not. So, and I think that was another important thing for me because I know a lot of people were super excited about it and kind of let down when they saw it, which I was not because I had no expectations of it. Um, but the, the, specifically the scene with her shoes mm -hmm. where she walks around town. That in um, the trailer. She I got that off of the- Oh, go ahead. She um, she got that off of a BDSM website, and she was like exploring like those themes of like the 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 idea of like pain and pleasure as it relates into religion too, and that idea of like having this relationship with God that is so so strong and so pleasurable that it almost like it like skirts the line of like is it if is like those scenes when she was like possessed by God or whatever, where she was almost like orgasmic, you know, where she was having those, those kinds of things and, and how, how extreme religion like skirts that line almost, you know? So I thought that, I thought all of that um, exploration was really interesting too. That's such a good interpretation to hear. Cause I feel like ju just from reading a little bit about the movie and I do remember like seeing the trailer for it you know before COVID I think at Alamo and they showed the scene with the with the you know tacks and her shoes and her mm -hmm, putting the mm -hmm. shoes on and that was what like struck me and I was like I want to watch this because right. it was just the, yeah the yeah. imagery of that like and the even the allegory behind just every religious aspect you can put behind it Right. Like, that is pretty fascinating. Um, I mean, it when you watch it, Chelsea, I would like to actually talk to you guys again about it because I feel like not many people have seen it. And I don't I don't want to spoil it for people mm -hmm. because it is, I think, the the 
obviously the climax of the movie not climax but obviously like one of the most striking parts of the movie so I don't want to like ruin it for people no. but I do want to talk about it you know and I'm like I have nobody to talk about this to. <laughs> no I'll definitely I'm like, did you... nobody I wanted to uh, oh, I wanted to keep from watching it for this uh, for the improvised thing because I just yeah. like when I've seen yeah. something it you know even though I've been proven wrong yeah. of YouTube doing the great job but um I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it this weekend uh, and I'm very curious okay. so right. Rick did you like it like did what I was loved you, it. what was I your loved it. okay okay and uh, All right. and 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 yeah if you want maybe uh next weekend we can just do a little recap with chelsea and Once she can edit it, it yeah. onto this uh if you're up to it okay oh yeah i could do that that would take yeah. like what half an hour uh, maybe even less yeah All right. but yeah i loved yeah. it and what i loved about it and Good. this doesn't spoil things for chelsea uh is that when you get to the end of the movie uh, after the slow burn, which A24 is very well known for, because a lot of those slow burn movies are blazing white hot at the end of it. At the end, yeah. It's left to the audience. You can interpret it one of two ways. I think there are some people that could look at it and go, Maud was right about everything she saw and believed. And yeah, that she she is one hundred percent correct. And the bitter atheist in me finished the movie off with, "Oh, that bitch crazy." <laughs> That's how I finished it. Well, I I I read two different. Like I kind of to your point. There's two different. I've read two different interpretations of the end, and both make sense to me. But in my initial viewing of it, I was like, this is, this is the culmination of her mental illness. Like it, you know, we see the opening scenes, like obviously something horrific has happened to her, you know, as I was watching it, like, I was like, this is a person who has like schizoaffective disorder or has like schizophrenia or is like kind of making their way into this realm of like delusion. Um, and, but then the end scene for me, before the very, the, before the quick cut to to the last shot and then they end it, for me, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this really did happen to her. Like, maybe this, maybe this is, this is a real thing for her. Like, uh, oh, okay, okay. And I, again, I've read two interpretations that, that credit that last shot as, yes, she was right. And this is the result of this. And then I've read things that it was like, this is, this is her mental illness and it's a snap back to reality. So it was interesting to, it was, it was interesting to read those two things. Cause for me, my interpretation was this is a snap back to reality. And this shows you how far she's come into this mental illness with nobody to help her and nobody, nobody that noticed these things to come in and into her life. I know that that one character, the nurse maybe tried, but mm -hmm. it just was kind of like too little too late. Um, so it's been interesting for, for me to like think about the alternative interpretation and, and that connotation to it, so. One thing I wanted to call out um, when I was looking at the movie on IMDb, uh, IMDb has changed their layout quite a bit and um, they have now under the summary where there's keywords like tags, I guess. Um, and the top keywords for this is nurse, dying patient, caregiver obsession female vomiting why female is female vomiting? vomiting one yeah that's like so specific if you're going to imdb and you're looking specifically for female vomiting i think you're on the wrong website yeah i don't know <laughs> right you may not you might want a couple x's after that imdb right i just xxxxx and we're back. Um, so we, we, we gave Chelsea some time. She watched St. Maud. Uh, I don't know if this clarifies any of the bullshit that we made up, but uh, what did you think? Dr. Rank? Phil scene was accurate, don't, don't you? Yes, that was I, was, yeah. I was quite surprised that Dr. Phil did actually show up. Um, <laughs> it was very weird. Speaking Welsh too. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, no, I... I really liked it. I was telling I was telling Rick before, and I may have mentioned it to you that 
I really thought y'all made up the Coney Island stuff. I didn't realize that the movie was going to begin with that, um, which I thought was mm-hmm. hilarious. But I loved the movie. Um, yeah. I was very just taken aback by so much that was happening. I thought the acting was great. Um, the scene with the tacks and the shoes was as terrifying as it was in the trailer. Um, the the uh, the relationship with um, religion and her own body and what she was going through was very interesting to continue watching unfold and how um, when she felt she didn't have that connection with God anymore, she went for physical connection. I thought it was really interesting to show she can't be alone with herself. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. know how to be alone with herself. Right. Um, I, and the I, progression yeah. of that too, you know, like it started with like the popcorn kernels and kneeling on it and just seeing like, just seeing how, how it intensified throughout the movie too. The Absolutely. further and further she fell into that kind of, you know, place that the, the stronger her mental illness became, you know, that was yeah. the other thing too. Exactly. No, exactly. It's a waste of popcorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very much a waste of popcorn. But um, but no. It, so it was like body horror, kind of at its finest, where it was just it wasn't gratuitous, but it was a, it, effective. It was right. very effective. Like I was hurting watching it. Um, I I thought the the end was great, and and you didn't hype it up too much at all. The okay, end. Good. You didn't hype it up too much at all. Um, when, when she was there and, uh, the, her patient or ex-patient, you know, was, was still just like with the holy water, like, no, no, stop it. Like, this is not, you know, this is not the answer. Um, and for whatever her brain made her see and just that, you know, um, I, I guess we're getting spoilery here, which is fine. Um, cause the person right. can always turn it off, but, um, just when she was just stabbing constantly, not even giving time to see like, is the demon out? If the demon was right. there, just just all that rage. And then the wings at the end, I was just oh, like, right. this girl's crazy. Like there's just yeah. no okay, way cool. she actually has well yeah. I, I personally believe never stop stabbing until the stabbing's done that's yeah, where things right. go wrong and uh and and yeah that i was going to ask but you answered like how did you interpret this yeah how do you uh, interpret the like last yeah bit of it because um, I, I, I guess you saying that she's crazy tells us how you interpreted it yeah no i completely feel that it kind of i i was alluding to it a little bit with what i said before this is a mentally ill woman mentally. who does not know how to be alone with herself like mm-hmm. that's why it she feels you know jesus or you know god in her and when god's not in her like she needs to she needs something tangible she needs a physical just something and um you know whether whether it be you know sex or when she was in the bathroom you know drunk and calling you know that co-worker like oh by the way I'm here you know if you want to hang out like she cannot be alone with herself this is she is not being taken care of um so I think that she was at her wits end when um she was she felt she saw that sign that uh, mm-hmm. the dancer needed to still needed to be saved. She was like, I'm here, um, everything's okay. I understand you know, why you feel this way. And then still trying to save her and then finally being mocked again and really yeah. being told, I think her, she just snapped and her brain saw the demon, saw this woman right. become a demon when I'm sure you know, <laughs> that's not what happened. And then at the end with the wings, like I really felt that this is a girl who uh, is completely like too far gone. And at the end, like I, it it reminded me a little bit of, if you remember uh, Black Swan, like the Mm -hmm. dancing scene and like Mm -hmm. she, she actually stabbed herself. She didn't stab Mila Kunis. It it reminded me a little bit of that where, yeah. you know, when she started pouring it on herself and you hear people saying, somebody help her, somebody stop her. Obviously they wouldn't be kneeling like a moment (laughs) after that. So I was wondering, I was like, 
wow, it's really gonna just end with her thinking this is happening. I wonder if she even lit herself on, oh, okay. Like that's right. just what happened. I didn't I, get to finish my sentence. It was so, so jarring. Jarring. And I remember watching it and there was, you know, because that, that scene is not elongated, but it's, it's kind of lengthy. Like when mm-hmm. she's experienced that, you know, there was an element, you know, of like, oh, maybe this is something that's legitimate. Like maybe this is, you know, God or Jesus that was talking to her. And then that snapped back to reality. It was like, uh, you know, but I read some, I read a lot of interviews with the director and she said that some people interpreted that ending and I'll try not to like give it too much I guess we kind of have already given it away but um that some people interpreted that as no she really did have this relationship with God and what that last split second scene was was her burning in hell for killing the um dancer so I was like that's an interesting take um Mm -hmm. I was like that that's that's an interesting way to interpret it's not how I did and it wasn't Mm -hmm. the director's I guess initial um um take on it or what she wanted to to say with it but she was like I I appreciate that interpretation of it um I did we talk about Joan of Arc last time Okay. Yeah, we yeah, hinted at it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we hinted, hinted at it, it okay. but you didn't want to give too much away because of right. the ending. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like that scene with the fireworks, like it was like, you know, like a could have been like a temporal lobe epilepsy or something like that. Well, the, the, so, uh, that, totally. that's one of the things that I love about it. I looked at it that you can look at it two ways. Right. Uh, now it, it's even more and anybody that watches this movie can come up with their interpretation of it and it could be something i never would have fucking imagined right and i I think that that's part of the brilliance of a really good movie is that it doesn't have to be straightforward it can challenge its audience uh you can think of all kinds of different things and go well this is how i see it and then open-minded people go yeah i could see you seeing it that way it's not the way i see it but it's 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 a fun conversation afterwards Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked the I liked that interpretation of of like oh yes this is hap- this is happening because there were parts in it like when she was levitating off the floor and stuff like that where it's like um I could see this as being like this is a real thing happening or something you mm-hmm. know like maybe this maybe this is is something that's happening but then the more you know obviously as it got to the end it, it was like no this is just her mental illness and what she's what she's you know going through but yeah I really liked it I really enjoyed it I did too I thought I thought it was really impressive and yeah it just really felt like you know there are um a lot of people who when they are so deeply involved in a religion they just don't get the help they exactly need and it just felt like this is someone who really put her all from this past trauma that she had gone through into um saving you know feeling like she needs to save people and save you know the dancer for uh specifically and just being mocked for it and being Mm -hmm. um felt like you know oh god is abandoning me because I failed or um you know it's just it was really interesting and to also just partner that with, you know, and I know I'm repeating myself, but just partnering it with like this intense relationship you feel with like God inside you. And then when you lose that, you seek out sexual, uh, you know, you look situations. for bootleg Coney yeah. Island dick. Yeah. yeah. And, it's just, and nobody it's, should have bootleg Coney Island, Coney dick. Island dick. But I think it's very telling because, you know, you also have with reli- with many religions, you know, how repressed sex is and mm-hmm. how a lot of the ways, though, that spirituality and having, you know, the, the spirit within you is an almost like invasive sexual thing on its own like the way it can be described so I thought I was just so fascinated by that um by the the connections there the director also I think talked a lot about it like you know the the I think and I think we addressed this in the last when we were discussing this but um the the like fine line between like enlightenment and orgasm you know like just like totally feeling the spirit within you and like having that orgasmic release you know and that how that is a kind of sometimes can be a very very fine line which we saw in this 
in her, you know, when she felt, you know, like moved, you know, she almost had like a very visceral orgasmic reaction to things like that. Yeah, it's so um, weird. So it was, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very happy I watched this movie. I'm glad that I, if I remember correctly in my, in our improv, I was thinking a lot about her being possessed. I just assumed this was a movie about a girl being possessed. So happy that wasn't the case. It was actually such a fascinating, uh, th- film that yeah I loved it yeah and I thought the score was really effective too mm-hmm. I, lo- I loved the I score. agree Ooh, yeah. even at the ending like the score during when the credits were first starting I was just like I gotta turn this off <laughs> it was just it was so good but also so like yeah. it, it was very effective yeah. I had the opposite where I just kept rewinding it I was like <laughs> what and I just kept going back and back and back and, back and being like what what yeah. like <laughs> so good but no that last that last god it felt like a split second I was just mm-hmm. like I really thought that you were just talking about it was pretty jarring that it ended in that way that it ended in like her being you know bowed down to because it did feel mm-hmm. very like what and then when mm-hmm. I saw that so I I think you did a great job of you know and hopefully anyone who's listening and decided they were going to watch it as I watched it and like turn it off and then go back. Right, come back. I don't think the jarring saying that the ending is so jarring spoils it at all. Cause I no, was not expecting no. her to. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you kind of don't know that that's you like, you kind of know it's the end, but it's, it's still like, it's still very abrupt. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, boom, done. Like, it's like yeah. snap done. So um, I just thought it was so effective. I just was like that having it be, like that and having it be so quick and so just you know just so abrupt like that really made it super effective yeah like so abrupt like the sound change everything it's so like Mm -hmm. peaceful and then screams (laughs) it's like right yeah so good yeah r.i.p to anybody who watches it with headphones Ooh, feel like yeah, that I would know. be like <laughs> that would be you lost your hearing then. yeah <laughs> that, that, they, yeah that a24 they'll they'll get you and in the words of john waters life is short watch a fucked up movie <laughs> exactly but no great great pick there awesome i'm so glad you guys but you both of you recommended it so yeah 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 it was just something i thought of we're doing these improvised reviews. Uh, it works better for new movies. And I wanted to talk to Jennifer because I hadn't in a while. And I'm very thankful that she came on the show. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. My yeah. pleasure. We'll, we'll do it again soon if it's not okay. safe to go to a basement in Midtown and make haha in an unventilated room. <laughs> was it ever safe? <laughs> I know. We, we we avoided a lot of situations by we're really playing our cards every time we yeah. go in that in that basement right <laughs> but it was fun it um, was fun yeah Jennifer, you got anything you want to plug or you want to tell the people where they can find you on the social medias um, and things like on that the, on the social medias uh instagram at jen anderson 1016 um I also am a personal trainer, which its own is is its own form of torture. Um, I have always said that there's a little sadist in every personal trainer because that's just the nature of the job. So if you're into sadism, you can look me up uh, at Jen Rizzuto Fitness um, and JenRizzutoFitness.com. So I'm doing a lot of virtual sessions and I make exercise fun by distracting you from it with bad jokes. That's how I'm using my <laughs> training. Uh, I just. I did just do a Bowflex commercial, so you might see that. <laughs> yes. Did that a couple couple months ago. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's on the horizon for now. Um, I hope you didn't hear that. Tom is <laughs> Tom is playing something loudly, so hopefully that didn't. Do <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> when we had him on the 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 podcast the first time, it's like, hey, the audio files, chill the fuck out, and. Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> right. Chelsea, where right. can people find you if they want to find you, please? Uh, they can just find me on Twitter and Instagram. You type in Chelsea Bennington and I'm right there. 
You can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. I'm back on Twitter at Rick Guzman 718 And uh, may all your uh, Coney Island dick be official Coney Island dick. <laughs> and not bootleg. Not bootleg Coney Island dick. Yeah. But to everybody listening, thank you very much. Stay good. Stay healthy. Stay spooky. Mm-hmm.